In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. friends over at American Prodigy, as you just heard, Rotoviz Radio, Blue Wire, Indeed, and Bet Online. Now, Dan, this is the portion of the program where I normally say week blank is in the books. There is a chance that you're listening <laughs> to this podcast and week 12 is not in the books yet. Week 12 is scheduled to have its final game uh, Wednesday afternoon. This podcast probably will come out around Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night. So um, maybe you're watching this, listening to this while watching the Ravens game. Who knows? Maybe the Ravens game isn't happening. We don't know that yet. We, we don't know the future. But week 12, it's mostly in the books, Dan. This is true. Uh, this, I, I would say, is probably our most chaotic week uh pulling people from from lineups putting them back in now sitting here wondering oh god are they even going to play and all of your players you know that already played are on on your bench and have points logged for sunday games or possibly even tonight's game that you were hoping to have a tuesday game well now that game's pushed until wednesday like you just said and there's a chance it's not played at all even though it sounded like hey this game is a go no matter what I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen here. So this is this is probably our our first real taste of the chaos. I'm surprised we made it this long. Uh, I'm not surprised that it happened, but I'm surprised it, it it took this long for for there to be some genuine doubt about a game being played. And it should make for a very interesting fantasy playoffs. Assume assuming the season continues. Uh, after this week, and we are able to have said fantasy playoffs. Yeah, and uh, for those that were complaining about the Broncos and why they had to play on Sunday, you're just telling on yourself because there is such a huge difference between one player testing positive and half of the offense testing positive. Um, and that was the case for the Baltimoreans. But also, they're projected to have, or they're cleared to have J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram back in the backfield somehow. Um, this week, so on Wednesday. Anyways, let's get into the show. We have Will Fuller was the big news of Monday afternoon. Obviously having a career season, a top 10 wide receiver season. And he was entering, you know, he's, go- he's going into a new contract. But he has been suspended for PEDs. Um, that's why he was, uh, you know, not injured, I guess. Um, but there, there's multiple layers to how this could affect his value. There's A, the kind of contract that he's going to get at, you know, when his contract expires after this year. There's the 
oh, is there the risk of a repeated suspension from from PED standpoint? And there's the C. There's the okay. Like, is she just going to go back to getting hurt once he gets off the steroids? Yeah, that's 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 definitely interesting. So we've kind of always known, I guess not always, but as he's progressed as a pro, we've known that when he's on the field, he's electric. He's a dynamic wide receiver. Uh, he can pretty much do anything you need him to do, and he scores a ton of touchdowns. But his issue has always been staying on the field. And now all of a sudden we get this very strangely healthy look at Will Fuller. And well, <laughs> now I think we know why we get a strangely healthy version of Will Fuller. The long-term effect for Dynasty uh, is kind of a hard one to say. I mean, you still would assume that you're probably on a good season getting 12 games out of Will Fuller. But if he can play every game essentially like he did this year and it not be PED related, which, and who knows if that taints his name, if he gets that contract that we thought maybe a week ago he was going to get, I I don't know. It it never really crossed my mind in like 2020 that PEDs would be a a topic of conversation. I figured everything would be pretty widely known as like what you can and cannot have as a player but apparently some people are still dumb enough to just put whatever some doctor recommends. So this is a strange one for me. I want to believe that he'll continue doing what he did this year, but based on the the historical data that we do have, he's historically not healthy. And I think that's probably where this will kind of lean back to. People will probably maybe play a little too much into the PEDs, having an effect on him being healthy. Um, but also, it's like there's been one difference in his entire career as far as seasons go, at, like <laughs> the PDs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that for the most part, the, the main thing that is hurt out of the, the things that I mentioned, I think he lost a lot of money today. I, oh, I for sure. That, I think he was on track to get like a four year, like $70 million deal. Now he might get like a four year, $40 million deal. Um, so Will Ford lost himself a lot of money. And also, you can take whether this is a good or a bad. I think this increases the likelihood, because he's going to be cheaper, that he returns to Houston. And so if you like the the Watson and Fuller pairing, then that's you know a possibility of you know more likely to return than it was you know 24 hours ago. Either way, I, I think that for the rest of the season, this is very bad news for Deshaun Watson. Like, he might not be startable. Um, you know, we'll see what we, what we get from him this week, but they just cut Kenny still. So there's really not much that wide receiver core outside, outside of Brandon cooks. But as far as, you know, Will Fuller's value, I do, I, I agree with you that for the most part, dynasty players will probably overstate this. Like, I think we were talking about Will Fuller being a third, fourth round starter pick this off season. And now he'll probably be like a sixth, seventh rounder. So I'm not, I'm not sure this suspension, especially one that doesn't really impact his future in terms of games. I think it's six games. I think the Texans have 16 left, maybe five games left. Um, Anyways, it doesn't really impact his future too much other than the contract type stuff involved. And so if, if you're seeing him drop two, three rounds worth of value, I think that's and it's time to you know try and buy. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I think he'll he'll at first move to a spot where I think his, his value will be more comfortable. And then he'll probably slide into a position where buying is going to be a really smart move. And in the short term, if for some reason your trade deadline hasn't passed or you don't have a trade deadline because playoffs haven't started quite yet, and you're able to acquire Brandon Cooks, 
Um, I do think short term, he's probably a fringe wide receiver one or high end wide receiver two. And I think it's a really good opportunity in those tight end premium leagues or just if you're struggling at tight end to throw a line in the water for Jordan Akins and see what you what you could maybe pick him up for. Uh, I know we, we had some high hopes for some other Houston Texans tight ends because one always seems to shine through. But uh, of late, it does seem Jordan well, Akins in the short term for, okay. for that perspective. Cahill Waring, 2019 third-round pick, did come off of IR this week, so uh, obviously didn't see much this this past week. But now with another you know weapon gone, maybe we can hopefully see some from Cahill Waring because he's a guy who I was a fan of at his very cheap price. Um, what what are your thoughts on the fallout from Deshaun Watson? Are you ding? I mean, obviously it's a huge ding the rest of this season. Is this a long-term concern for him? Do you think, or or is it Watson going to get the job done no matter what? I mean, I, I think I think Deshaun Watson at this point is is a good enough quarterback where he can he's going to be elevating others rather than others elevating him. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but I, I don't really think it's all that important that Will Fuller's out there. Obviously, having a really good wide receiver is always going to help the quarterback, but I still think Deshaun Watson is going to get his. I think still think they're going to find ways to score points and. You know, if anything, maybe the more rushing upsides introduced because he won't have someone that's going to be open pretty consistently. So he'll feel more more tempted to maybe take off and use his legs that that can be so dangerous. So maybe maybe the floor rises a little bit in the rushing game and and the ceiling kind of trims down a little bit in the passing game. But if this creates any question marks um, from Deshaun Watson's value point, I think it's also a good time to buy him. So I think we can we'll get to a Will Fuller buy window, which maybe people are panicking right now, and it could be a good time to buy. They'll probably still ask a lot based on this performance, but I definitely think, and maybe if, if the production does dip a little for Deshaun Watson, he'll become a really nice buy. And we'll go from one man who's leaving the field to one man who's coming back to the field, and that's Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler returned from IR against the Bills this past week. And he had himself a game. Uh, Justin Herbert was like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Let's uh, throw it to you as much as possible. A season-high 16 targets for Austin Eckler, 11 catches for 85 receiving yards, along with 44 yards on the ground. Uh, not that this is anything new from I knew he was one of the better you know, receiving backs out of the backfield, but this is definitely not something we've seen with Herbert. So uh, what are your thoughts on Eckler here? I know he has a long-term contract in, in Los Angeles, is he just going to be a guy that we're consistently going to undervalue in dynasty? Or do you think that, you know, he's, you know, appropriately valued? Well, I, I don't really think, and, and I've kind of consistently been an Eckler naysayer. I've been, I've avoided fully. I don't think I've ever even had a share aside from maybe getting him off waivers when he became a thing. I do think he's, he's pretty undervalued really consistently. And now with Herbert, I mean, this is a completely different offense than what we had with Philip Rivers and even Tyrod Taylor for uh, for the very short, short term there. We know Eckler's a great playmaker as, as a receiving back, and he's been pretty darn good between the tackles. I don't think getting the credit he deserves. So, you know, it's possible this could be... This could just be like a two or three year type RB one, and until they decide to to sink some more draft capital into the position. But I mean, they were content using Joshua Kelly for the first few weeks, and you know, I, I think after 
after maybe realizing their mistake in Melvin Gordon, not that it was like the worst pick ever, but sinking draft capital, as we all know, into a running back normally isn't a good idea. So I, I think they'll continue to just kind of use a stable of backs with Eckler as the lead. He'll continue to put up massive numbers and probably be undervalued. The problem is now at this stage, you've pr- the owner that has him now is probably the guy that thought he was better than Melvin Gordon two years ago. And you're not getting him from that owner. Um, I haven't seen Eckler trades very often at all. Uh, very, very consistently with the guy who either originally picked him up off waivers or got him while Melvin Gordon was still the starter. Yeah, I agree. Definitely the type of guy that doesn't get moved all that much. But I will say, I think he's an RB1 the rest of the season, and I don't really see him slowing down with Herbert in 2021. So, I mean, if you can get Eck, and we talked about uh, win now buys, we should have mentioned Austin Eckler. I didn't know he was coming back so soon. Um, but he's a great win now buy that you can probably get for, you know, a mid first. And yes, you know, in June, you're like, well, would I rather have Najee Harris or, or Austin Eckler? You're probably going to say Najee Harris. But I mean, sometimes he's going to take the points now. Would you rather have Austin Eckler or Cam Akers? If I if I'm if I have a like if I have a top three team, I'm, I'm taking Eckler there. I mean, Eckler's only twenty five. Keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think yeah. Cam Akers is good. <laughs> so, okay. well, I think then. and and being a being a long time Eckler naysayer, I I I freaking I think I go I think I go Eckler there. I think that's comfortable actually. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a good. I mean. I probably was not strong enough on, yes, absolutely Eckler over Akers, um, which that's pretty much what it is. The, the only scenario where I wouldn't do that specifically is in a rebuild. Sure. So, no, I, I get that, definitely. It'll be interesting to see. I think he's absolutely a short-term, if not the next couple of years, RB1. But, again, without without the real, the real draft capital uh, of any kind, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to stick with those kinds of guys. I mean, is this Arian Foster again? But he, yeah, I mean, but he does have the contract extension, so that's really... Right. totally get that. And now that kind of makes the not draft capital obsolete, um, which makes me think it's it's Arian Foster. Yeah, sure. All right, before we head into some Antonio Gibson talk, let's talk about getting a job with Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire that you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. 
try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Now it's time to the man who uh, ate lots of turkey on Thanksgiving. One Antonio Gibson, Gibson, Gibson for the Washington football team. He just keeps getting better, folks. <laughs> uh, he's a guy who started off a little bit slower than we expected because he had that opportunity and wasn't doing a ton with it. But he has put on the high gear. He's put on the Jets and had his biggest week of the season so far with 36.6 fantasy points in PPR. This guy is ridiculously good. Like I, I, I talked about how he was traded for Zeke in several of my leagues by one person. I, uh, that's, looking, <laughs> that's looking pretty smart, if you ask me. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to to naysay that. To be completely honest, he's he's looked pretty good, been been potent, and um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, I think. I think we knew that the upside was always sky high. The worry was that he wouldn't break that, you know, the the historical need for for relevance in college and the need to have so many uh, touches. And, and if you can't beat somebody out in college, then there's no way you can beat somebody out in the NFL, the old Alvin Kamara rule, right? And we also have the guys that are already taking their victory laps because this was a video, this was a film and, and whatever win. It's like, all right, man, everyone got lucky. The dude had 70 touches in college. Sure, he looked good on tape catching the football, but he had like eight carries in college. You can't say that video <laughs> or film won because we didn't have anything to go off of. Literally nothing. This is a, this is a, a, random swing that ended up working out Uh, we didn't know if he was going to play wide receiver running back at first pretty darn clear that he's a good running back going in the third round helps immensely that obviously doesn't change now that we know he can do it but um we'll see what this what what it holds long term for for washington uh still a pretty bad football team overall but now you have building blocks in antonio gibson and terry mclaurin who knows what they're going to do at quarterback it's you know, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, I can assume Dwayne Haskins is probably done in a career backup at this point. But they're they're kind of going in the right direction. But here we're seeing Antonio Gibson really thrive already and probably still being undervalued. Yeah, I, I think the undervaluing probably stopped for the most part after Thursday. Um, I, I think most people are trying to put him in that fringe RB1, you know, high-end RB2 category at this point. And that's where he belongs. I mean, you talked about film trying to take a, a claim at it. The only real claim you can put on is draft capital. Draft capital, draft capital, draft capital. Sure. Absolutely. Gibson was going a full round, round and a half after Cam Akers, who was drafted after Antonio Gibson. Um, so, I mean, I should have gotten more shares knowing that <laughs> of my draft capital uh, – you know, thoughts, but with Gibson, I I'm I'm all aboard here. Uh, I'm not buying right now because it's just too expensive. But I, I I think he's he's a real deal. I agree. I, I do think that he'll be at the very least a timeshare A role. Um, obviously, there's no one there now that's going to be taking any touches from him. But you know, teams have been moving more and more to the 
you know, unless you're a true bell cow, you're, you're not getting a full backfield to yourself. So uh, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility for Washington to add in the upcoming draft, but for right now, yeah, he's a bell cow. He's, he's their one, a their one B and, and he's doing it. So I do think he's probably in that fringe RB one conversation. You know, he's, he's only 22. I, I want to say, and he's producing that and that's everything you know we we started with the draft capital which was massive but the fact that he's producing year one which is always so crucial for running backs you know we, we saw Clyde Edwards Alaire have a game and he's been pretty much garbage since we saw Jonathan Taylor have a game and he's been pretty much garbage ever since we haven't really seen J.K. Dobbins Cam Akers has been abysmal DeAndre Swift I think is one that is starting to kind of come out of the shell especially now that Patricia's going to be gone They'll probably start using him more, assuming health. So honestly, I mean, Gibson's in the mix for the top back in this class. It's going to be Swift, I think, at this point. Um, it's it's strange because I still believe that Jonathan Taylor is probably the most talented as far as a pure running back goes. Uh, but Swift's right there. Allaire, Dobbins, Akers, probably all were pretty badly overdrafted. And I mean, obviously hindsight's always 2020, but I think Gibson got a real chance at being the best back out of this class aside from maybe Swift. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, I will correct myself before people tweet me. Uh, Antonio Gibson was not selected before Cam Akers. I thought Cam Akers was a third round pick. Apparently he was drafted in second. He was a second rounder. Okay. I'm, I, I, thought Gibson was a, see, I thought Gibson was a second round pick. That's why I was like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's go to a man who uh, I would nickname the tree. Uh, Colin Johnson is six foot six, 215 pounds, and he had a career game in week 12. Four catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, we mentioned it before the show talking. There is ample opportunity in Jacksonville. They really just have DJ Chark and James Robinson to, to an extent. Outside of that, Justin Fields, well, you know, just build needs to throw to somebody and it could be Colin Johnson. Absolutely. And you know, he looking at him as a prospect, he was a four star going to Texas. That's a pretty big deal. Obviously being massive at the six, six, you know, he, he should be, he should be on all the radars of hashtag team, big wide receiver. Uh, I know that at one point, Nathan, you were, I think the leader of the ship of hashtag team, big wide receiver. Um, Antonio Brown made us all retire from that. That's <laughs> true. That that is true. I mean, which, he which which shows you how long ago Team Big Wide Receiver was that we weren't sure if Antonio Brown was good. <laughs> I mean, he does a lot of things things well. Obviously, size is is really vital in his in his game. But I feel like he did enough at Texas to kind of warrant some some usage in the NFL. And he was, uh, he was what, a fifth-round pick? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, he's probably not going to be playing over DJ Chark. Uh, they still seem to really love Keelan Cole. But as a red zone threat and, you know, just a, a healthy body, it's, it's hard to keep someone that massive off the field, especially when you're inside the twenty. Um, but he got some work. He, he looked good. He, he, I know he adjusts really well to the ball that's in the air and he can separate for a big dude. That's not easy to do. So uh, I do think that Colin Johnson can have a really nice role in this offense. It, it makes all the sense in the world. 
uh, assuming Chark and Cole are still around. He's a he's a perfect third option. Uh, obviously, they brought in Tyler Eifert to kind of be that that red zone guy. But Colin Johnson, man, I mean, he can he can take that work pretty darn quickly. Uh, we did actually get to see him score a touchdown this week too, which was was nice. I think, you know, the the downside I think has always been health. He's pretty consistently been injured, and you know that's that's sometimes tough to shake. But you know, we we all fell in love with Will Fuller, and he was notoriously always hurt too. So uh, I do think Colin Johnson has a role in in Jacksonville, um, and they've just been waiting for him to get healthy. I, I will say it sounds like we're all aboard the Colin Johnson train here. If someone is willing to buy off of this game, I think it's a prime example of, you know, Colin Johnson in a third for a second or Colin Johnson for an early third. Maybe you don't quite agree with, you know, selling that low, but I, I, I'd i rather have the pick here and the possibility of someone who has a little bit better draft capital uh, than the fifth-round wide receiver. So I think he's fine, but if you can get any anything decent for him, I, I'd, I'd be fine selling. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, at this point, he, was, he became a really good – you know, UDFA in your rookie draft, somebody that went undrafted that you were able to pick up for free. Even during the season, I saw people dropping him left and right, and I went and picked him up because I, I actually liked Colin Johnson as a prospect. I thought he did some things well at Texas uh, and was just always hurt. So here we are. I've probably got 130 shares of Colin Johnson, and hopefully one of those 130 pans out. We'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, if people are, are diving in head first you absolutely can sell. And I, I like pick upgrades going from a third to a second. You know, I don't think Colin Johnson's ever going to be a true one. I don't think he's ever going to even be a two, but he's got tons of red zone opportunity on a team that's lacking players at this point. Um, and with more than likely an incoming new quarterback, who's probably going to be a, an elite profile, uh, whether it be Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, or maybe Trey Lance or one of the other guys surprises us and Jacksonville goes that direction. So um, I think there's a lot of upside considering the risk, but I'm not going out and paying a second for Colin Johnson. Um, you know, if you, if you want to do the pick upgrade type thing, uh, I, I would I would go for that. Otherwise, selling from, from Colin Johnson in a third to get into the second is a great move. Football is back in full swing. Season's almost over, folks. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action on Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, championship features all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's go to the West Coast, San Francisco. We have Debo Samuel. Now, uh, just a short couple weeks ago, I was singing the praises of Brandon Ayuk about how I am all in. I'm going and overpaying for shares. And Dan said, are, are you sure you want to do that? Debo Samuel is still a thing. And <laughs> I will say, both these guys are very, very good. And that the only thing possibly stopping them is how bad Jimmy G and Nick Mullins and all those guys are. But those guys are so good with the ball in their hands. They don't even need a good quarterback. And Debo Samuel reminded us of how good he is with his 24-point performance this past week. It's one of those things that, you know, the first week back from an injury from a good player, 
you kind of just need that reminder, like, oh, wow, this guy is that good. You know, he, he had uh, five catches for 65, as well as getting three uh, three carries as well. We know he like getting involved in the running game. Oh, wait, nope, I'm looking at the wrong that, side. that was week seven. Yep, nope. <laughs> 11 catches for 133 receiving yards. So much better than what I just read. Um, there we go. Uh, so <laughs> very good game for one. Debo Samuel didn't even need to get involved in the running game. But, yeah, I, I think we're, I mean, maybe not. No, I'll, I'll still say, I think we're undervaluing Debo Samuel. I don't think he's being valued as a top 15, top 18 wide receiver. And I'm not really sure why. He, he's, he had success as a rookie, and he's had success as a sophomore, especially, you know, obviously <laughs> the last game. And we'll see how he finishes off the season. But his ability with the ball in his hands, uh, I saw that he has something like negative 40 air yards on the season or something crazy like that. that like, basically all of his passes are behind the line of scrimmage. Who would have thunk with such great passers like Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, and C.J. Beathard? Yeah, I, I think the the big reason Debo has been undervalued, especially over the last twelve months, maybe maybe even just a slight a slight tiz longer than that, is health. Um, he, you know, he had he had the either it was a late season or or off season injury that kept him out of the first few uh, few weeks of this season, uh, along with a continuation of that, and just haven't really seen him healthy. Not since last year, at least, when we knew he was going to be a difference maker. And here we go. We have him back again healthy. Kyle Shanahan gets uh, another one of his toys back. And that that offense, if they had a quarterback, would be extremely dynamic. Because you have three pretty good running backs in Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon. You still have Brandon Ayuk as uh, you know the, the rookie who we know that Kyle Shanahan loves to use. He loves to get him involved. And we got to see how much he loved him, Debo Samuel, last year, uh, which, I mean, he had a, a pretty good rookie season. I wouldn't say he had a great rookie season by any means, but he did have over 800 yards. Um, didn't really get into the end zone much, but he, I think he got in a few times through the air and on the ground. So we know that he's going to be involved every which way that Kyle Shanahan wants to get him involved. Now, trying to decipher who is 1A and 1B in this offense is going to be essentially impossible. I think each guy is going to have massive weeks, and the other's floor is probably going to be in that four to six catch range for 60 to 80 yards. You hope that they score with the current layout of the offense. I can't imagine they're going to be putting up a ton of points, and the running backs will probably still dominate a lot of the red zone work. But, yeah, I, I think I think if we can keep Debo healthy, you know, he should absolutely be valued as a wide receiver too. There's just no reason not to. I think Ayuk and Debo both are probably in that back end of the wide receiver two range, maybe higher. I think it's going to depend on the future of of San Francisco's quarterback room. I don't think any of the three of them that are there now are the future, but I think they're all just slightly not bad enough where they're in play for 2021 and, and beyond. And let's stay on the West Coast for the Los Angeles Rams. And Cam Akers had his first career big play. He had a 61-yard run as well as a rushing touchdown. Uh, for the most part, I think people are, are saying, okay, this is Cam Akers. He's going to bust off one of these long runs every once in a while. But we're not convinced that he's an NFL running back quite yet. And from your t- talking earlier, I don't think you are either. Um, so if you have acre shares, are you trying to sell off this 61 yard run? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think I've referenced the Amir Abdullah play uh, about 100 times in the history of our podcast. That one run of Amir Abdullah's where he just steamrolled, scored a touchdown, and all of a sudden he was worth first. If anyone thinks that Cam Akers is an NFL running back because of that one play, let him buy him. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> take take him off my hands. I appreciate doing business with you. Uh, I'll sell for whatever market value is. I might even take a little bit of a hit if I get somebody I prefer. So uh, I just, I, I think, I, I forever am going to think he's a project until we see some polish in his game. I haven't seen any bit of polish. He's he's potentially a great dynamic playmaker, but it's wildly inconsistent, and the Rams' offense is potent enough where it should be way more consistent than that. Yes, he's a rookie. I get that. The issue with running backs is we need them to perform right away or they lose all of their value. You just spent an early first-round pick on a running back to go to an offense that he should have probably taken over now we're seeing the <laughs> the draft pick that was wasted on, wasted on Daryl Henderson starting to pay off a little bit. It's yeah, I, the inconsistencies here are are really tough for me to buy in on Cam Akers. I think he's got a potentially bright future, but he needs to make a lot of different steps to get to a place where I would even feel comfortable having him on a best ball team because he's just I, I don't see. I don't see a starter. I, I see a, a gadget player. Now, this is something that I usually say when I'm grasping for hope on a player, but big plays cause future touches. So that 61-yard carry buys Cam Akers a bunch of touches in the next few weeks. And sometimes that's all you need to at least show you have something. Um, he wasn't having a ton of action. He has... Uh, a max of 14 carries in a game this season. Other than that, it's mostly been nine carries or fewer. So he Akers is the type of back that he's going to break the 61-yarder occasionally. And so you need to get some volume there. You need to get at least 13 to 15 carries to be able to break one of those. And so that's kind of my thoughts here on Akers is that maybe this leads to some more future touches, and then that's poss- the possibility of a breakout. But I am somewhat pessimistic on his outlook after how poor his rookie season has gone. I think he's got a better chance of being like uh, Cordero Patterson or something. <laughs> Come on, Dan. You're jumping off the bat. What? I've said, I'm, I said it from day one. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not a running back. He's, he's, he's profiled just as an athlete. I, I don't see a specific skill position player. You can split him out, play, let him play wide receiver. You can put him in the backfield. I'm Split on play tight end. Put him in the slot. Do something crazy. Uh, I just I, th- I feel like he's he's more of a he's he's better used as an NFL player than a fantasy asset. I feel like I feel like he's more useful that way. He's a he could be a good player. I don't think he's ever going to be a good fantasy asset. Well, let's wrap up the show by letting you know that you can get involved with Rotoviz uh, Black Friday Cyber Monday maybe over. But our discount is never over. It's with you every single day. Squeeze it. Hold it tight. Squeeze our discount. 2020 RV Radio gets a 10% discount to the Rotoviz written content, and you support the podcast. So you get all of our great articles from Debbie with Travis May to Dynasty with Curtis Patrick. 
Anything you want from 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 baseball, Rotovis has got it. Make sure to support us. Make sure to support the pod. Twenty twenty RV Radio. Gotta love it. Thank you, Blue Wire. Thank you, Rotoviz. Indeed, Bet Online. We love you all. Nathan, take us home. Kaldush. <sighs> Tingles down the spine, man. Thank <laughs> you.